You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope y'all are doing fantastic out there in Cougar Nation. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to talk about on today's show. Our position group debriefings for the BYU football program continue with a look at the linebacker position. A lot of potential, but a lot of questions about what happened for BYU on defense as a whole and how it relates to the BYU linebacker position. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about BYU men basketball wrapping up non-conference play with a solid albeit unspectacular 65 to 53 victory over Westminster what to make of that and obviously BYU men's basketball now with an unexpected weekend off due to COVID issues for the Portland Pilots we'll dig into all of that ahead on today's show today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor NetSuite NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth as a company head to netsuite.com slash locked for a special one one-of-a-kind financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. We'll talk more about them a little later on in today's podcast as well. All right, without further ado, here on a Thursday, let's get going. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 30th, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. Some of you better know me by my radio moniker, Yawk, but nonetheless, a big thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. A lot to get to on ahead on today's show, but a big thank you to all of you for your support this year on the podcast. We have just one day left in 2021. It's crazy thing 2022 is right here on the door step, but you guys have been absolutely phenomenal all year long, and I cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support of this venture. We're three plus years into it now, and very much looking forward to the future, and hope you guys are enjoying the product as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. Alright, let's start off on the hardwoods today talking BYU basketball. The Cougars wrapped up non-conference play last night at the Marriott Center with a 65-53 to victory over Westminster. Yes, only a 12-point margin against a Division II team, and and I think some of the issues that we have seen previously this season for BYU came to the forefront in this game. The biggest concern I have for BYU is these stretches where they just do not score points. They just go three, four, five, six minutes without a bucket. You cannot have that. I don't understand how BYU continues to have this happen seemingly game in and game out. Better teams, much better teams than Westminster loom on BYU's schedule. San Francisco, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, all of them in West Coast Conference play, they will punish BYU far more severely than a team like Westminster will for those scoreless stretches that BYU seems to have. Obviously not having Seneca Knight and Spencer Johnson in the lineup, they were both out due to sickness. There was no indication of if it was COVID, that type of stuff. They did not make that clear in the pregame press conference. As of recording, I have not seen any clarification on that. But nonetheless, not having those guys did not help BYU. But still, this is Westminster we're talking about. And Mark Pope tried to pump it up during media availability earlier in the week. Well, anytime you play an in-state team, this is just, it's Westminster, Mark. Stop trying to blow uh, smoke up our skirts. It's Westminster. BYU needs to figure out what they're doing on offense. 
They didn't shoot bad. 43.1% uh, from the field overall, 45.2% from beyond the arc. Those are good numbers. But the problem is BYU has these long stretches where they just do not have an opportunity to buy a bucket seemingly. I, I don't get it. it it's, it's baffling to me because you would think with a guy like Alex Barcella who seemingly can just go hunt his shot anytime he wants, that is when he needs to go find a bucket for BYU. Maybe it's something that BYU is not all that concerned about, even though I am massively concerned about. Some interesting notes coming out of this game is Caleb Lohner's lack of offensive prowess continues to stun me. He was 0-4 from the field, did tally five rebounds and two assists in the game, but the fact that he had zero points on 0-4 shooting, his lack of confidence, prowess, ability, whatever it is on the offensive end, is going to cripple BYU's offense. They need him to at least be a threat to go and dunk on somebody's head. If he cannot get a bucket to go from beyond the arc, or if he can't get a jumper to go, go to the hoop. This is a young man. Caleb Lohner is the guy you would, if you were walking into the gym and you saw him, you're like, that dude, that's the dude I want. He is built like a Greek god out there. Six foot eight, 230 pounds, because he's been chiseled out of granite. Go and dunk on somebody's head, Caleb. That should get your confidence going. Maybe it's just not in the cards for him. I don't know, but that is a concern for BYU. It was nice to see Gideon George have a nice little breakout game, a dude obviously extra playing time due to both Seneca Knight and Spencer Johnson not being available. He finished the game 6 of 10 from the field. More importantly, 5 of 8 from 3. Finishes with 17 points. Also added 8 rebounds. Very, very nice performance for Gideon George. Good to see that. Also, I'm seeing some improvement from Atiki Ali Atiki. Bit by bit. He is still very much a raw prospect. He was two of three from the field. His buckets come inside. He did add five rebounds and one assist. Had a grand total of four points. But bit by bit, Atiki Ali Atiki is turning into a little bit of a player. Is he a guy that BYU can rely on in big minutes? Absolutely not. No, you can't. But I am seeing... Just incremental progress from him, and it's encouraging if you're a BYU fan to see that happening. Is BYU still have a size problem? Absolutely. Fusini Traore, he's six foot five and he's doing his absolute best. He finished with four points in this game. Trevin Nell added eleven. T. John Lucas with ten and five assists. Alex Barcelo, a pretty quiet night, nine points and five assists in his own right, but he was not called upon to do a lot in this contest. So BYU now wraps up non-conference play, and they are twelve and three. And I think some positive signs on that front for. BYU, and I think that overall, you'd have to give them, I'd say, an A for their non-conference slate. Maybe an A-. minus. That loss to Vanderbilt still stings a little bit there at the Diamond Head Classic out there in Hawaii, but still... A very, very impressive non-conference slate. I still think BYU is on track to be an NCAA tournament team. I think the metrics back that up. They are a top 30 team by the Ken Palm rating, net rating, all of that stuff that seems to indicate BYU should be solidly in the NCAA tournament field. But now West Coast Conference play looms. What will WCC play portend for BYU? Because now you're going to see teams multiple times. They'll see you one time, you can trick them sometimes, but the second time they come around, they have seen those tricks. They've seen you on film. They know what you're trying to do. Can BYU find the right answers to have a successful run in the WCC? Well, only time will tell on that front, but there were positive signs coming from this Westminster game, albeit some concerns still for BYU because this is a Division II team and you should have blown them out. It was good to see them, uh, speaking of BYU, take a nice run in the second half to take control of this game and never let it uh, really get into a doubt down the stretch, but still. 
could have played better, could have played cleaner. And the hope is with better health and now with some extra time off, they will be more ready and better ready for West Coast Conference play opening up here very, very soon. All right, coming up next, we'll flip over to the gridiron, talk BYU football. Our position group debriefings continue. Let's talk BYU linebackers. What is the concern level for this unit as they look ahead to 2022 coming out of 2021 season, which the defense, our own eyeballs told us it was not great down the stretch. What can we learn from the linebacker unit that may help explain it and also maybe give us some hope moving forward? We'll dig into all of that. But first, let's talk about our friends over at NetSuite. My friends, this is the scenario you're in. You have a putt to win the tournament if you're a golfer. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, that hat you've been wearing falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth as a company. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already are using NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash Locked. Yes, that is L-O-C-K-E-D. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That is netsuite.com slash locked. We are brought to you today in part by our friends over at Intercap Lending. There's a reason that no lender in the state of Utah helps more families here with their mortgage needs than Intercap. And simply put, Intercap gets deals done, my friends. They offer a quick and simple process as one of their features. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. And that is what Locked On's personal loan officer, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On podcast listeners so far, including Locked On founder, David Locke. Let's be real, folks. If Steve can keep David on track throughout that entire process, Steve can help anybody. And though Intercap is new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, it is not a new company. They have been assisting customers with all of their mortgage needs since 1978. That is 43 years of experience, soon to be 44 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been helping Locked On listeners with that same elite experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered in Utah, but is also licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states nationwide. So if you guys have mortgage needs and yet live outside Utah, they'd be happy to help you out as well. Give Steve a call. He'd love to help you guys out. His direct number, 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer than Steve Carter. For more information, you can call Steve or you can visit intercaplending.com to learn more there. Once again, the direct line to Steve Carter, 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. Make sure you guys check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 featuring local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview is free and available wherever you get your podcasts now. All right, let's talk some BYU football and continue with our position debriefings and talk about BYU's linebacker unit. A whole lot of good and a whole lot of question marks when it comes to this position group. And let's start off with the highlight, I think, of this position group, and that's the guy that I think was the breakout star, and the stats indicate as such, Ben Bywater. 
Really liked what I saw from number 33 this year. A guy who was expected to do some things during the 2020 season, but then suffered a pretty significant shoulder injury in training camp that required him to undergo season-ending surgery. He bounced back in a big way this year, folks. Led BYU in tackles all the way through the season once he entered the starting lineup with 102 total tackles, 57 of them solo. Totaled one sack on the season as well. I thought it was a phenomenal performance for him, and I expect that he will continue to emerge as one of BYU's better linebacking options. The problem is, outside of him, BYU got no consistency outside of guys who got injured during the season. The two guys I'm speaking of mostly are both Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar. Keenan Peely, when he was lost for the season due to that ACL tear, just absolutely, apparently, wrecked BYU's defense. And I'm being a little facetious with that, but at the same time, I don't really think I'm being that facetious because you look at it, and when he went down, BYU's defense just seemingly fell off a cliff. It was incredible to think that he might have been as critical as he was to BYU's defense, but he is a phenomenal player. I'm telling you this, folks. If Keenan Peely comes back at 100%, and I have no reason to think that he won't going into the 2022 season, this is a dude who is going to be, at worst, a middle rounds NFL draft prospect. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And the hope is that, yeah, he hits the ground running when it comes to training camp next summer, and he's off to the races. He was leading BYU in tackles when he went down with that injury. He finished the year with 31 total tackles in just over four games, had one and a half sacks. He seemed to be on his way to having one of the legendary seasons in BYU history before getting injured. Peyton Wilgar also got injured later on in the season. Uh, He actually underwent a second surgery yesterday. I saw on Instagram, he said the road to recovery starts now. So here's hoping that he is back to full health. He suffered a shoulder injury that required him to have season-ending surgeries, I suppose. And the hope is that he will be 100%. He had a phenomenal season as well. And when he was lost for the year, BYU's defense fell even further. He finished with 57 total tackles, also had one and a half sacks. But more importantly, he had two interceptions as well as four pass breakups. Peyton Wilgar, similar to Keenan Peely, is an NFL draft prospect. There's some people who actually are higher on his potential at the NFL level than Keenan Peely's. I think both of them are phenomenal players. And BYU is absolutely going to need every single one of them to be back and available for the 2022 season if they want to have a better defense because the defense was not good folks I don't care what metrics you point to I know that BYU has won all of those games the past years but the metrics if you look at the numbers BYU's defense this past year may have been the worst defense they have had outside of the 2017 season metrics wise I know they won 10 games. I get all that. But we all saw with our own eyes what BYU's defense looked like down the stretch run of that season. It was rough. Other guys who I felt like did a good job filling in when needed, but if they're going to play linebacker long term, need to bulk up. Well, the first guy to think of is Chaz Ayu. Chaz Ayu uh, started the season as a safety and then got stunningly moved to middle linebacker. I still don't know why because Chaz Ayu is a phenomenal safety and the thought process of him saying, well, I'm going to go play linebacker, it's not him requesting it. It's Ed Lamb, BYU safety's coach and has a big say on the BYU defense as a whole. Moved him to linebacker. When you have a guy who weighs barely 200 pounds, who has geared his body to play safety and then you tell him, hey, guess guess what? You're going to play linebacker? Yeah, you're asking for an injury to happen. And then he did suffer a hamstring injury that cost him the rest of the season after the Washington State game. So I, I, 
I, I don't want to harp on the BYU decision-making process when it comes to their personnel, but similar to what we talked about earlier this week with BYU's defensive line, you need to settle on a defensive philosophy and get into it. If you're going to play a 4-3, great. If you're going to play a 4-2-5 hybrid, great. If you're going to play a 3-3-5, great. If you're going to play a 3-4, great. Pick one of them and settle on it. Make it your bedrock of your defensive philosophy. I am sick and tired of watching game in and game out, series to series, different changes with regards to the scheme that BYU is playing. I get the thought processes, well, we're versatile and we can play multiple ways and we can defend different teams different ways. I get that, but the problem is I feel like you're confusing these young men more than you're helping them. That's my personal assessment of this. So the linebacking position for BYU, there's a lot of question marks about it. A guy that I also liked, I felt like uh, in spurts, but he's also a little light, is Max Tooley. Max Tooley is one of BYU's better linebackers in terms of overall athleticism. The problem is he is a guy who weighs, what, 210 pounds? He is light in the rear end, uh, to use that expression, and he needs to figure out what he is doing with regards to his playing status and what is his best position. The funny thing is during the 2020 season, he actually was one of BYU's best pass rushers. He was elite coming off the edge. Did he do any of that this year? No, not really. And a lot of the times when he was playing linebacker, he was the focal point of an opposing rushing attack because he is just too light to really stand up in run run gap scheme and he gets run over. He, he, he just gets bottled up and that can't happen. It's a similar thing to Chaz Ayu. It shows the importance of Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar because they're guys who weigh 240, 245 pounds and they can come up and just absolutely rock a guy and hold up in run defense. I think Ben Bywater is capable of doing that as well. They list him at 230 pounds, but the thing is, when you only have one of those guys, opposing teams are going to game plan and say, okay, we're going to go after that guy over there who weighs 200 and some odd pounds versus the dude over there who's 240 pounds pounds. It's just, it's a matter of finding advantages. And BYU's defense right now, they need to find what their schematic advantage is and lean into that. The hope is going into the 2022 season, like I've already mentioned, that Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar are back to full health. And they, along with Max Tooley and Ben Bywater, form a quad of a quadrant, a quad. I'm not trying to say that a, a quartet, a quartet. That's what we're going with. A quartet of linebackers who are more than capable of holding up against the run, but also playing well in space, making sure that BYU does not have the issues they had down the stretch run of this season. Obviously they need to have the defensive line step up in front of them and play better in its own right to keep them clean and allow them to make plays. But the problem right now, I feel like for BYU is it's just, there's a lack of depth, and it's stunning to think about because I m- remember crowing about this. BYU's linebacker depth is elite, folks. It, it's great. It's, they've got all these guys. they all got all potential. They can do all this stuff. I was proven wrong, and I'm not the only one. And we'll talk about a little more of the potential. I've been a little long in the tooth on talking about what I expected from the linebacker unit and what I saw from the 2021 season. We'll talk about some of the future prospects for BYU at the position group because I still think there's potential there, but man, is the lack of production alarming for this linebacker unit. And Obviously, the injuries played a large role in that, and the hope is that they have better luck with health next year, but still, the fact that they had all these bodies and seemingly could not find a single answer or were unwilling to find an answer on the roster, that 
is a chief concern. Now, we'll take a look at the future prospects. Some of the guys I think have potential to be guys that BYU can develop and hopefully rely on in the linebacker unit moving forward here in 2021. We'll get to that here in just a moment. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. They have had you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. The football season continues with its march through the bowl season as well as the pro football playoffs looming. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You heard that right. 50% of free money to bet with at betonline.ag. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all their new amazing offers available at betonline.ag. They seem to add new ones seemingly every day, so check back often. That's all courtesy of BetOnline, where the game starts. As we round out this Thursday edition of the podcast, we'll talk about BYU's linebackers' prospects moving forward here in just a moment. A couple of notes, though, before we do that. Well, two BYU basketball games have been affected due to COVID. The women's game against San Diego scheduled for tonight has been paused. Obviously, the San Diego Toreros dealing with COVID issues. They will work to reschedule that contest later in the season. BYU's next game will be played on January 1st, so New Year's Day on Saturday at 2 o'clock in the Marriott Center. Portland, uh, funny enough, on the men's side of things has had to pause all team activities and BYU's opener NWCC play on Saturday scheduled for there in the Child Center in Portland, Oregon has been paused and will be worked to reschedule as well on the WCC side of things. Disappointing to say the least that they are the fourth WCC program, if I'm not mistaken, to have been put on pause or currently on pause, excuse me, due to COVID issues and Man, it, the COVID is wrecking the season. The NCAA is saying they're still planning on doing March Madness on time. They they may want to revisit that. They may want to say, hey, we're willing to adjust this if need be because apparently COVID, uh, it's wrecking all kinds of plans right now. And the schedules this year, last year, they're very amenable to rescheduling stuff. Right now, they really built it where they didn't have much leeway. And I don't know why they would be so hard and fast on saying, we're going to do this. I'd actually come with the message from the NCAA of saying, you know what, we're going to be amenable to adjusting as need be, but we're also talking about the NCAA. Any of you who have listened to this podcast know that I am no fan of that cartel, and I just think they're a bunch of buffoons, and this is yet just another example of them thinking that they know best. So, you know, move on, and we'll see what happens there. All right, now back to BYU's linebackers for a moment here, and the future for BYU at linebacker, I think there are some interesting prospects out there. One guy is departing the program, at least that I understand, Drew Jensen. He did a walk during senior day. He's currently listed as a registered sophomore, so technically could have had two more seasons and technically probably still could come back if he decided to do so, but he has indicated that his BYU career is over, so that opens up one spot there, and Drew did some decent things I felt like down the stretch run this year, but similar to Max Tooley and Chaz Ayu, just too light to really hold up in any significant way for BYU. Now, looking a little bit ahead for other guys to keep an eye on as BYU comes back for 2022. Some young prospects that I'm intrigued by and some other guys I'd like to see 
start to step up and really realize their potential include Jackson Kafusi. Still only a sophomore out of Cottonwood Heights. Of course, the younger brother of former BYU standout Isaiah Kafusi. I thought Jackson Kafusi was going to have a coming out party this year, but just did not really have that. Total 15 tackles this year, but a lot of his action, a lot of his playing time came on special teams. I just never saw him break out. Another guy I thought that would have a better season this year, maybe I'm just reading too far into this, is another legacy prospect in Josh Wilson. Of course, the younger brother of BYU star quarterback Zach Wilson, now with the New York Jets. Josh is a six foot, 215 pound prospect, a freshman out of Corner Canyon. He's still got age and youth on his side, but I, man, I don't know what to make of him. Is he just not living up to his potential? Who knows? Michael Wilson, his younger brother, is coming into the program as a fellow linebacker prospect who is very, very talented in his own right at Corner Canyon. Maybe one of those two Wilsons will continue the family legacy, but I'd like to see Josh Wilson have an uptick in his playing time. Now, other freshmen on the roster that I'm intrigued by, there are three of them. Uh, the three that I'm thinking of is Viliami Tausinga, a guy from East High School, coming back off of a mission. He's an older prospect. This guy at East High School was ultra productive. I loved watching him play. Six foot two, 235 pounds, built like exactly what I'm talking about with what we've seen from guys like Keenan Peely, like Peyton Wilgar, a bigger bodied guy who, fi- who you figure is going to step in and be able to hold up in the run game. Another guy like him, Isaac Matua out of Kearns High School, six foot three, 220 pounds. The thought is that he bulks up and he'll be similar to that. He's also a freshman. And then finally com- completing that triumvirate, Cade Hoke, listed at six foot, 220 pounds. He is the son of former BYU defensive line standout Chris Hoke, has a nice family legacy and was a very, very good player at North Allegheny High School out there in the Pittsburgh area. He is not the biggest prospect height-wise, listed at six foot, but still a nice body and a guy who has been schooled in the game his entire life. His dad knows high-level defense. This guy won two Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers, albeit as a defensive lineman, but he has had his sons uh, coached up and they know what they're doing. So those three freshmen, I hope, are able to step up and make a make an impression. One other guy to keep an eye on, he's a walk-on, is Cade Papunu, also at a Corner Canyon High School, a freshman. He has got elite size for the linebacker position. I just don't know if he has the athleticism to succeed at the Division One level long-term, but maybe he does. Cade Papunu, six foot three, 235 pounds. Like I said, got the size that makes you salivate saying, wow, okay, that's a nice frame. Can we do something with that? We'll see, but I am hopeful that a group of those, I've listed six guys there, two or three of those guys, if they can emerge and live up to the billing and be those depth pieces that BYU needs to succeed on defense and really make that linebacking core better than it was in 2021, well, BYU may have a more uh, productive defense in the 2022 season. That's easy to say, but you have to have the guys go out there and prove it. I'm hopeful that they can do that because I still believe that the talent across the board at the linebacker position for BYU, whether they're hybrid guys like a Chaz Ayu or they're just more traditional linebackers like a Keenan Peely, like a Peyton Wilgar, I am still a believer that the potential and the depth is there for BYU. You just got to see it realized. These guys have to prove it in practice every day. They need to get out on the field and prove it in games. If they do that, I think BYU's prospects for the 2022 season, especially on defense, go up significantly. 
The lack of depth during the 2021 season was frankly alarming, and it cannot happen again. I am understanding that Kalani Sitake, I, I would imagine, is very aware of that, and he will do everything within his power to get better play out of that. Kevin Clune, this guy, has been a defensive coordinator. He's a longtime linebacker's coach. He played the position. He knows what good linebacker play is. I've got faith that he will look into that. Elisa Tuiaki may need to adjust some things. I still want to see BYU settle on a, a, a base defense. Stop it with this game-to-game, series-to-series BS of playing a 3-3-5 this series, a 4-2-5 that series. Now we're going to go with a five-man front over here. We'll go with a three-man front drop-eight scheme over You know what? I think it's doing more harm than good, that philosophy that BYU has. I get the reasoning behind it. The problem I have with it is I feel like these players literally play-to-play are not 100% certain in what their responsibilities are, and they are thinking too much rather than just going out and making plays. As a linebacker, your job is to read and react. Go and make plays. But when you're thinking about, okay, do I have this gap? Do I have that blitz? Do I cover this guy? When you're doing all that thinking, you're not able to do that read and react. It just is not capable of happening. And I am hopeful going into 2022 that BYU will figure things out and will be able to settle on a defensive philosophy that is their bedrock. I don't mind being able to have the ability to adjust in game to a scheme that fits what the game needs. The problem I have is it seems like there's no set philosophy game to game and even series to series. That is where I think the chief concern for me lies, particularly when it comes to these linebackers. We'll see what happens in 2022, but I am hopeful that their depth, their talent, the potential is there. I I think it's all there for an uptick, a better season, especially if the injury bug does not bite them the same way bite them the same way it did this past season. I am hopeful and I am confident that BYU can have a better season on defense in 2022. We'll have to wait and see if that actually comes to the forefront and becomes their reality for BYU next fall. All right, tomorrow on the podcast, I, I promise we get to some more. I, we did this earlier in the week, some New Year's resolutions. Well, it's December 31st, so if I'm going to do some New Year's resolutions, I better do them then. So we'll get to some of those tomorrow. We'll also talk another position group. We'll flip back over to the offense, a group that I am intrigued by because I just love talking about them, the tight ends. I, I love BYU's depth. What is the prospects for guys like Dallin Holker? What is Isaac's Rex? Isaac Rex's prognosis for making a full recovery ahead of the 2022 season. We'll delve into all of that on tomorrow's podcast. But more importantly, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make Locked On Bets and or Locked On Big 12 your second listen of the day. Both fantastic podcasts. They are available, free and available, on all podcasting platforms, just like the one you're listening to us on. Check them out as soon as we wrap up here. Also make sure to follow this show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Send us an email questions concerns comments advertising inquiries locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address and until tomorrow have a great rest of your day this has been the locked on cougars podcast for december 30th 2021 and we will catch you guys manana